0: he's been putting in
1: work for so long putting a lot of work what's going on guys welcome back to putting in work episode 140 of the interview podcast on the 8-bit collective we are powered by audio technica and i'm your host john opeck back again for the first time in several months it's definitely the longest break i've taken in between episodes Some of that is as intended. I've been rolling back, putting in work to only really interview people when opportunities present themselves. But thankfully, we have quite a number of guests upcoming in the next month or so. A lot of cool people I've been in touch with to tell their stories, including today's guests, Aaron and Luke Saliba, a couple that I know here in Geelong who have been able to produce and write and star in a fantastic independent comedy called Paper Champions. We watched it as part of the Melbourne International Film Festival quite recently, and it's really fantastic. I definitely recommend people check this film out if you get a chance. When there's a bit wider distribution, it might be part of some more film festivals that you're able to get access to. But for now, some of that is up in the air, obviously, with COVID-19 affecting some of the usual distributions for films. We can't go to the movies, at least here in Victoria, so that limits a little of, of what you're able to do when you release a movie. But there was actually quite interesting to talk about that and, and how that's affected the you know promotion and, and distribution of putting out a feature-length film in 2020. Uh, Aaron and Luke have really done an amazing job getting this movie up and running and filming it here right here in Geelong, which is pretty unique. It's pretty rare for something to happen like that because... I mean, I'm not familiar with any other films that have done that. There's a real wholesome kind of feel and flavor to the movie. And I think part of that is the very relatable setting of a town that could be anywhere in Australia, any kind of regional suburb. As you'll hear, Luke wrote and produced and starred in this film in the lead role. Aaron was a huge part of that producing and fundraising, getting the budget together, getting investors and... Taking on more of those producing roles as production got underway, as well as having a, an acting part in the film too. So they both were super involved and have differing roles as they work together to get this movie made. It's their first together, so it's been a very much learning experience, and I think that anyone listening to this is probably going to learn quite a bit too. So, without further ado, here is Luke. Here is Aaron. Enjoy the show. Aaron and Luke Saliba, thank you so much for joining me. It's great to have you on the podcast.
2: For us. Thank you.
1: It's all right. I don't usually do like two people at once. So, you know, bear with me. I'll, I'll make sure we get to both of you. Um, but it's, I'm, I'm glad that you're both here because you've obviously both been involved in this project and both each had a lot to do with it. Just from, um, you know, looking at just watching the movie, it's pretty obvious, Luke, that, you know, you had probably the, the lion's share of work in terms of being on camera, you wrote the movie. But then we all know how much work goes into being a producer, Aaron. And that's much more behind the scenes, isn't it?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's all in the pre-production.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, You're the ones making the magic happen.
2: Yeah,
0: <laughs> and like we both we we went into it, obviously both as producers, but when it came to actually shooting, Erin uh-huh. kind of had to take the uh, the brunt of all of the uh, the producing madness that happened.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask about that later, but we've already brought it up. So I'm guessing, like, when you have to think about performing, like, all that other stuff is kind of just noise that you don't want to have to deal with, isn't it?
0: Yeah. And I think that the biggest thing that was, inter- like, a, you know, was an interesting kind of dynamic was the, as an actor, the director's in charge of you, but as the producer, you're kind of overseeing the director. <laughs> so it was this, it was awkward to not, <laughs> step yeah it was it was good having Aaron in that sense because you know as an actor you can like to tell the the director oh can we do this mm-hmm. is a bit of a strange
2: relationship yeah
0: so it, have, having that relationship as actor producer with the director was was a really interesting yeah um yeah
1: relationship to have so <laughs> you could just give erin a look and be like yeah exactly <laughs> get this sorted out <laughs> yeah
2: like luke's on set all day i mean i, I was in an acting but from only bits and pieces throughout it so majority of the time i was running around i was like basically someone asking, what does a producer do you basically just put out fires and you make sure everyone's great and you put on a face like everything's fine even if it's not and it's mm. just you know, making sure that you're keeping the cogs going and, you know, Luke's on set all day being Ray. And then at the end of the day, I'd be like, wow, let me tell you what happened mm. today. And It would just be like, we talk about it on the way home. Oh, and great. then, so it was interesting because I guess we both, you know, shared the burden, well, not burden, but the exciting part of being producers in the pre-production process. Mm. And then when it came to the production and shooting over the four weeks, it was like, I mainly took on that role as Luke stepped off to be Ray, which is really important because you can't be in those... Mm-hmm. that two headspace if you're a lead actor it would just be far too mm. exhausting um, and then when it came to post-production we both took it back on together again so sure. mm. yeah it's really interesting dynamic but it worked it worked really well
1: yeah definitely I mean I've just watched the movie a couple of weekends ago I really enjoyed it really loved it and so did my wife so that you got two two fans and two ticks of approval in us <laughs> <laughs>
2: Thank you. um,
1: Yeah, so we might just dig back into, I guess, your backstories a little bit. I'm interested how you got to where you are now. So obviously, you've both done performing and acting before this, but what was the journey to get to this point? We might start with you, Erin.
2: So for me, I actually, when I graduated school, I did media and drama at school, loved it, best subjects. For some reason, I thought I can't do that as a career, so I'm going to go do nursing because I need job security. Mm-hmm. And then two years into that degree, I discovered that uh, studying something you're not passionate about ends up being a chore. And I had a real um, epiphany and a few things happened in my life. And I just decided, you know what, I'm actually going to go and do what I feel like I, I want to go do and explore my creativity. So then I transferred into a Bachelor of Arts And then throughout that time, um, that's when I met Luke and he was working at the local acting studio and dodged me in and enrolled me in an acting class there because I wanted to get back into it. And then as soon as I walked into that class, I was like, I feel like I'm at home. And it was a really nice feeling after being out of school not really knowing what I was doing and coming back into that community again. So I went back into acting. I did a heap of student films and other little productions and helped out here and there behind the scenes. Um, And then I was taken to ABC in Adelaide two years ago and I just felt like that was a time to be away from everyone to understand what I really wanted and I had an opportunity to intern for Behind the News there and so that was producing and writing and acting and doing everything um, which was a really great experience and I just decided I was like you know this is definitely the industry I want to be in but I don't know if this is exactly what I want to do And so I came back home to Geelong after that experience and Luke said, let's make this feature, um, which Luke will explain what it came off the back of. And we were like, fine, let's do it. Let's jump in and just make it. And then, yeah, two and a half years later, we have a fully finished film. So it's just crazy. So I think for me, it was just discovering that um, knowing deep down what I really was passionate about and the talents and gifts that I had. And I guess really over time doing a lot of volunteer work and working in lots of different jobs I built up quite a network of people and a way of working with people and a lot of leadership skills that you definitely bring into producing so um ended up being no I didn't go to film school but that life experience was able to mold me into the producer I am and the producer that I'm also becoming
1: yeah that's that's really cool yeah I guess same question to you Luke like uh, I know that you've done acting, I've seen you and like Rosted On and, and whatever else that's popped up over the years. But what was it that got you to the point of thinking, yeah, like I can write a movie and be the star?
0: Yeah, well, um, the, yeah, the idea behind Paper Champions came off the back of a short film, which was um, like that short film came at a point where I was doing a lot of, acting work, but doing a lot of producing work for other people, like producing people's short films and helping out friends with their, you know, their babies. Mm-hmm. Um, and then kind of came to a point where I was like, you know what, I think I want to produce something that I have written and is kind of my baby, um, which gave birth to uh, to Ray and the short film Ray um and brought on Aaron Aaron helped out on Ray and um we had a really great little team and so we we shot the the short film in like four days i think
2: yeah it was three or four days yeah and crowdfunded
0: it yeah and crowdfunded it and and it was kind of my first real experience writing something that yeah that that I was going to make um and then we we did the festival route with the short film, and people enjoyed it. Um, and a lot of people kind of asked the question, "Oh, you know, what's next?" And we, you know, we want more of Ray. We want to. It wasn't enough, kind of thing. So I got together with with a friend of mine, James Pratt, and we started writing the feature, um, which which was a really fun, you know, fun journey. Uh, we, I think, I learnt my skills in writing and the things that I'm not skilled at when it comes to writing. Mm. Um, and I definitely, I think my strength is writing dialogue. So we kind of just had a lot of fun spitballing ideas and, and we wrote, um, paper champions. And then it was one of those things where it was kind of, it was done, but we weren't sure, you know, how, how do you get a feature film off the ground? It's nothing like a short film. You know, a short film you can you can fund it yourself. You can gather some friends in the industry and make it. Whereas a feature, it's like a whole other ball game. So I never like I didn't write it and then go cool. Let's make it now. It was kind of we wrote it, we had it there, and then oh, like I don't know how long it was from finishing the the draft and actually making it, but. Yeah, the time came where Aaron, Aaron and I both kind of sat down and were like, let's just make this. Let's just figure out how we're going to make it and make it. Um, and we did. And we went on the whole journey of learning how to fund a feature film and investors and all the legal jargon and all mm. of the stuff that isn't really the, the creative fun stuff. Um, yeah, we realised we kind of had to be become owners and learn about (laughs) contracts and large amounts of money that's not ours and all that kind of stuff so yeah it was and we 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 got um a a, a, we met a guy called alexandros uzas who joined our little team and then he brought another like he brought a lawyer and some people and it just kind of organically we just created an amazing team that gave us the ability to, to put the film together and, and make
1: it. Yeah. I guess how is really the question when you're at that point, you know, you've got your mm. script or whatever and it's like, now what? Cause I mean, even myself, like I had this idea for a movie years ago and it was like an action movie. And I was like, oh, this is, no one's ever going to make this. Like <laughs> no one's going to give me a big bag of money to do this thing and, you know, crash a helicopter into a building and, you know, all this <laughs> stuff so I wrote a novel and now I've written two novels now in that series, mm. but it, it was because I knew that I don't know how to write a script and get that funded. So what was the, the steps like for you? I mean, obviously when you making an indie film, it's, it's good to start with something that's doable, you know, not mm. like a Michael Bay movie or yeah. something. Um, but what were like, how did you figure out, was it just having people in the industry that you could talk to uh, like t- as far as having the script and then, getting it funded and pulling it all together
0: well yeah we were lucky having uh alexandros attack because we originally contacted him about distribution distribution because Mm -hmm. to get funding and to go through the whole screen australia process you need a lot of things in place already so that was kind of the first task that we had to accomplish and we um
2: I think it's funny, like, because when we first started and jumped in, we were like, all right, we're going to go hire an office space. So we went and hired yeah. an office space and it's really, it was a great space at the time, but it was very cold. It was in a warehouse and we were like, this is going to be good. And we started with like two metal chairs and a dusty secondhand mm. desk and we just wrote a list and we were like, okay, um, what
0: we need to do. We need
2: distribution. So we spend one day looking for all the distribution companies and crossing off who we contacted. And like 90% of the time, one person will get back to you after a hundred emails. Like, it's very interesting mm. this, industry where it's a lot of people have a lot on their plates so they're constantly doing something so to actually get a reply is huge um so when Alex, yeah when alexi got back to us we were like oh my goodness and he was like hey love to jump on as producer i love the script and we were like yes please and the good thing about and
0: he like he had just come off the back of a feature that was mm. it that um premiered at venice so we were like oh this guy knows what he's doing he's good he's, he knows more than us
2: and he's got like a business and law degree so we were like okay sweet like <laughs> we don't know about the money stuff we don't know about how to you know return on investors and talk to investors and all that kind of jargon that you need to know because obviously you're not going to go into a room full of people and ask for something if you don't fully understand what mm. you're asking for anyway so yeah we started step by step and we also um a really good friend of ours jumped on board who was really involved with the arts within Geelong and so he had a lot of contacts to people who had funded things in the past because we both said at the start you know the people that we want to invest in this we want them to care about the arts to care about Geelong and to care about the future opportunities of what this film industry could be for Geelong Um, and so he he gave us the contacts he'd go have coffee with them he'd tell them what we were doing and then they tell someone else, and it became this kind of thing. So that kind of organically happened. Um, but this friend also helped us, you know, understand what a business memorandum was and putting that together and making sure that we had all of the things we needed from Alexi in terms of finance. And
0: yeah, like we we were we were lucky in the way that when we brought Alexi on, he kind of gave us. He was like, "All right, you want to get this made? This is the first thing you need to do." And yeah. then we'd just go off and
2: do it. Come back. Do
0: it and come back, and he'd go, oh, "Okay, cool." Now we're going to do this, and then we go cool all right, easy right. so it, having guidance was really important because
2: and mentors yeah,
0: I think that's where it's hard well, you know whatever creative thing you're doing, whether it's publishing a book or getting your artwork in a gallery you you don't like you when you're starting out you're kind of like who like what do I how do I start like who do mm. I contact and what's the first step um, So we were like, we were willing to do it. We just weren't sure what the best first step was. And then Alexi kind of, you know, laid the stepping stones for us. And we just kind of went for it. And I think he was also surprised that we were able to achieve a lot of what he kind of... uh, Because you you get to
2: a point, you'd be like, oh, we need this X amount of money. We're like, okay. And we go off and come back. We're like, oh, we found someone. We've got it. And he'd be like... Oh, okay. Um, Which of course
0: wasn't as easy as that. <laughs> it
2: wasn't that easy, but right. the fact that it just kept going, that we we're able to do it. So, mm. yeah, I guess starting out would be like having a mentor on the business side of things, having someone in the industry that has the experience step by step. Because, I mean, if you told us everything we've achieved right now two and a half years ago, I'd be like, what? That's yeah. insane. How do you even do that? But it is just this, like you would know publishing a book as well. It's like the same thing. It's just step by step. You mm. just do one thing after mm. the other. Otherwise, it's overwhelming and you probably won't ever do it. And that's when fear holds you back,
0: which yeah.
2: is like the spiral creatives get into.
0: And I think not being afraid to just contact people. Yeah. Because people do want to help. And especially in, in our industry, I think people want work. Mm. They want to collaborate with people.
1: Yeah, you're right. And, and like the film so much different, like so much more than probably other things it's like if if you guys are making a movie that's making work for like Mm. 50 100 however many people that want to Mm. work it's not you're not going to have that competition where it's like they're trying to guard the territory or something yeah Yeah.
2: absolutely yeah that's that's yeah a huge thing and that's the fun part too about film is you you create this family of people that Mm. you Mm. you know we've got such great friendships and relationships with these people now that it's 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 lifelong and it's exciting and You know, we're all a part of that moment where we made our first feature so it's it's really fun to have that to share with everyone
1: and it's cool I think with creative things where there's almost like a mystique about it when you're before you you get involved and it's like how do you publish a book or how do you make a movie or how do you release an album and then sometimes if if things if, if you know if you know what you're doing you get to a certain point and it's like oh Am I allowed to do this? Like, yeah. is, is that all it takes? Like you just do it and you do it the right way. And then suddenly you're hitting publish on, on, you know, mm. wherever, whatever it is. And that's all it is. It's kind of like a, an invisible barrier that we put up ourselves, isn't it?
0: Yeah. And I, th- I also think we make things seem harder than they actually are because we're like, Oh, I'd like, how do I get there? Mm. like, that's like, you know, only those people are there but yeah it's a matter of just yeah taking the first step and being like all right well i'll start here and i'll get to know some of these people and make Mm. my way up there but yeah i think in creative stuff there's there's always a fear around failing do people care about my work Mm. people are people going to read my script and go "Uh," like yeah you, you i think you're held back by fear and also like I think you said it, Erin. Um, what's it called? Um,
2: I think like if you overcomplicate it, then that's a good excuse. To but not also
0: do the it. imposter syndrome. Yeah, right, Yeah. Erin yeah. always said like, oh, I'm I I've never made a film before, so how can I make a film?
2: Which was hard because, yeah. you know, i never been to film school and I'm working alongside people who've been to film school, graduated, done multiple, multiple productions. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, hey, I'm producing. But it was, mm-hmm. it was more than also being like, no, like I've been put in this position for a reason and I've been built up over the years for a reason. And I just had this moment last year filming where I was like, oh, I get it now. Like I understand why all these years of experience mm-hmm. and now I get where I am, um, which is a really nice feeling to have. But... Yeah, I do. I think, yeah, creatively, you either overcomplicate it and make it an excuse so you can just put it in the back shelf and go, oh, it's too hard. I'm not going to do it. Mm -hmm. Or you do take a leap of faith. And then you start realizing step after step, like it doesn't mean it's not easy. There were multiple times that we would end up in tears being like, what is happening? How are we going to get through this? What's going to happen? And then something would happen and it would come through like time after time after time. And it's just like having the faith that it's gonna happen and that the people around you are supporting you and I I think that's a huge thing too is like your support network and the people that are surrounding you and are they cheering you on as well and not once did we ever have to defend what we were doing to anyone everyone was like Mm. that's awesome like keep going that's so cool I've never heard anyone do that before and we were like we haven't either so it's kind of fun to be pioneering this way for people that want to come after us and do it so we can say hey this is how we did it or like do you need a hand we can help you because we didn't really have that I guess in Geelong so and I guess the community that we're a part of as well it's very different so it's kind of exciting but scary but also like oh I hope we don't fail at this
1: yeah it's funny like the 90s was the time where I think you know Independent filmmakers started to to make these feature length things, and people could see like, oh, well, if if they can film in a convenience store in black and white and release a movie for twenty eight thousand dollars, then I can do it as well. And then it it kind of starts this wave, and I, I think it would be quite easy for for you or for for me or for anyone to go. Oh, but I don't live in I don't live in America, or I don't live in Melbourne. Yes. So it's like I don't have the resources, the opportunities, the networks to make it happen. How important was it for you guys to make this a Geelong thing and and show that it could be done here? Because it, it's a very Geelong. It's probably the most Geelong thing I've ever seen. You know, and <laughs> mm. I think that's probably by design, and mm. and maybe it was by necessity because that's where you are. But mm. yeah, t- talk me through kind of that aspect of it.
0: Yeah, we've all, we've been passionate about a film industry in geelong for a long time and i think also growing up in geelong and being you know doing acting classes and being in the industry but living in geelong i've seen the you know the days where we had the shootout in geelong which is like a little filmmaking competition and there's always been people who are passionate about it but i think at times yeah i think people have this this belief that they can't, you know, oh, if I want to make a film, I got to go to Melbourne. I got to move to Melbourne and make it there, or go overseas and make it there. But I think, I think we, yeah, we're really excited to bring a film industry to Geelong and also make a film in Geelong that wasn't like a, a postcard of Geelong, but more, sure. this is can make a film in Geelong and it can look like anywhere, whatever you want it to look like. Um, I think also
2: like having like our whole crew pretty much by like three or four people were from Melbourne so bringing them all here them all staying here the accommodation like seeing Geelong living in Geelong understanding it's like oh it's only an hour from Melbourne it's like this myth or something that that Geelong's so far away from the city but it's really not and it's just even you know our director's from Sydney so she's coming from Sydney and then being able to fly into Avalon and pick her up from there like just made everything so easy and it's just explaining to our cast and crew at the start, oh, it'll only take you five minutes to get there. And, like, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean it'll take me five minutes to get to the other side of town? I don't understand what you're talking about. Or, And they were like, oh, my gosh, it really did only take, like, five, ten minutes to get there. So it's, like, it was fun for us to show off our town and our city. And also I think that because there's never been a film that's been written, like, a feature-length film with distribution that's been written, produced, funded everything from within Geelong rather than production coming to Geelong. That was also really exciting for us. And to also, I guess, inspire the students that we teach or the people around us to be like, like you said, like, don't let that be a barrier because Mm. we're not in Hollywood or we're not in Melbourne or we're not in a capital city. That doesn't mean anything. And, you know, Film Victoria is great because there is so many grants you can get through that with regional funding, um, which is something that we went after, um, which made it really a lot easier for us Um, and then, I guess, to the support that we had, like the local council here, I remember at the start, people from Melbourne would be like, what do you mean your council's helping you out? Like, <laughs> whenever we need a permit for something, it takes so long or, yeah. you know, whatever. But we ended up having such a great relationship with um, Kylie and Olivia. They were just like, what do you need? Done. I'll, I'll drop it off to set. Or you need keys to a reserve? Done. We've got it. Like, it was always so quick. And they would just push stuff through for us because they mm. were as excited to mm. see this happen as we were. And I think... Along the way, bringing everyone from Geelong from the different locations through from the investors through to, you know, the cafes and the catering that we got and the accommodation. It was like bringing all these people along with us to also make them proud of where we come from as well. And and just, yeah, putting Geelong on the map. And like Luke said, it wasn't a tourism ad or a postcard. There is little Easter eggs in there of waterfront and and bits and pieces. But, you know watching it from anywhere, if you weren't from Geelong, you might not recognize it. But if you are, it's that exciting moment of I've been to the Wamponsole. I went to a party there. I know that milk bar or Mm. um yeah. So I think we're really passionate about bringing something here. And then being able to also show that to people and bring employment and also like on a financial side of it so good for our economy because if you need something from a hardware shop, you're in Geelong. You've got to go to somewhere in Geelong to get that. If you need coffee, you're in Geelong, you go to Geelong for something like that. So it brings so much more than just filming a film here it's 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 massive
1: yeah that's really cool and like I I grew up in Warrnambool I was working at the newspaper there when Oddball released with Shane Jacobson and Alan Tudyk and like for that town to get that recognition on the big screen and like you know that that kind of thing it was a really big deal and I'm curious like has there been a response from Geelong you felt um beyond your circle of friends even that this is a moment for Geelong to show that it's a, a town that can produce something like this and be the setting for something like this?
0: I think so. I think, um, yeah, I, like there's a lot of, um, it's weird because I think we when when the film is advertised and when the film is, you know, when we're doing interviews on the radio or whatever, People are always like, "Oh you know this is this film was shot and produced in Geelong and Geelong this and Geelong that and I think even for us it's it's kind of like we we made the film here because it's our hometown and we're passionate about making a film here but yeah, people are like even people not from Geelong are really intrigued by oh this film was made in Geelong it's so cool to see a Geelong made film, yeah. and it's weird um, but also I think the the audience because myth went online this year mm-hmm. um it gave the you know the community of geelong the opportunity to all sit down and watch it and enjoy myth from home um so i think there's you know looking at some of the comments on our on the facebook page and stuff there there is a lot of people who are just tagging their friends and they're like oh check out the warm Ponds hall or hey i saw this in the and they yeah i think people are excited to see geelong you know in a film yeah i don't know if that answers the question yeah <laughs> the, the,
2: the feedback's been great and just knowing that people are proud of it or people be like oh well, i remember visiting geelong once i be yeah. like i saw it it was very nice like it's just yeah it's mm. exciting to see and And fun because I do think it removes that barrier of like, oh, I can't possibly do that because I don't live in the places where these opportunities are. It's like Mm -hmm. we'll create them. Like Mm -hmm. you can do it. Regardless if it's a film or a business idea or something you want to do, like the only person stopping you is yourself and the thoughts that you think other people have about something. But you Mm -hmm. just have to see past that and go, I'll take the first step. So, yeah, we... Well, I feel like Geelong's really proud of us and I feel like a lot of people who aren't from here or have visited here before recognize it and are really excited by it so mm. yeah
3: correct.
0: and I think um there's a lot of creativity happening in Geelong now as well mm. like it's crazy the the amount of creativity um you know and then there's people like Robot Army mm. and and those guys who are Geelong based and they're doing mm. amazing things and people who aren't from Geelong I don't think realise what's going on down here mm-hmm. and even I think a lot of people from Geelong may not know, who aren't in the creative industry may not know what's mm-hmm. going on here as well. So it's exciting. Like it's it's to exciting be. to be, yeah, to be a part. Like the, the boys at Robot Army, like we're, you know, good friends and it's exciting to be part of this little industry that, that's kind of, happening
1: here yeah and it feels like the beginning to me at least like yeah. I'm, I'm on the outside i'm not in there like you guys are but to me like it feels between what robot army are doing and what you guys are doing it seems like a really cool place to just at least to start out and see where it goes absolutely um so something that we've kind of glossed over but i'm sure it was really significant is funding and i'm really curious how you went about getting it because i think for a lot of people that would be one of the main barriers even if they do believe in their script or their you know the crew that they have behind it i'm sure that there would be people who get to a point and go well i don't know how to get the money or i can't get the money and i've tried so what was it for you guys that made that work and and how did it how did it work
2: I think um, looking at your network to start with, so knowing that I had someone that could be a really great mentor to us, but also had a lot of connections with people and being upfront about it and saying, Hey, we're having this meeting because we know that you know people that would be able to help us. But, you know, having your reputation precede you with somebody else who's got a good reputation with those people and a great relationship makes such a difference because if I was to send an email to a potential investor and just say, Hey, I'm Erin. This is Luke. This is what we're doing. That's great. But, if someone I know goes before me and says, mm-hmm. hey, I've actually got a personal relationship with these people and I can vouch for them, you know, that's a huge thing for them to put, you know, their, their, um, their connections on the line, I guess, for us. But knowing where we were coming from and the heart that we came with made such a big difference. And I think being honest is a massive thing Um, so if you are looking for investors, it's just being honest upfront, you know, we never tried to sell this dream of it was going to be a big Hollywood blockbuster or anything like that. We just said, look, this is our passion. This is what we want to do. This is the funding that we're after, like what we need to make this happen. We'd love you to think about it. Here's all the things, you know, if you need to look over contracts, you know, pass them back and forth with lawyers, go for it. Like never holding anything too close to our chest, being really open about it and, and, um, Because I mean, at the end of the day, Australian film industry isn't as big as other film industries. So you can't come to the end of it. And and if you don't make a return on investment, be like, oh, well, sorry that we promised you that. Like, you have to be like, you know, every one of our investors went into that knowing that they may not get their money back, which is massive. The fact that they wanted to invest that into us. Like, you know what? We're going to give you a go and, and see where you guys go with this. and. Um, I think at the start it was daunting for us, especially with films and the film industry, because the amount of money you need is ridiculous. (laughs) And it's like, where on earth do you start? (laughs) And someone said to us and gave us advice and said, don't look at the money as a monetary value. Look at it as a number. And so taking the money factor out of it and just looking at it as a number that we need to achieve made it much less daunting. Um, So I would say get a mentor see what your network is like, see who you could talk to. And also don't just take money from people because they're offering. There were doors that were closed for us because we just felt, "Mm, I don't just want someone saying here, have some money because I want to. It was, we wanted people who were like, oh, we want to be on this journey with you. We want to come along with you. We want to be a part of this. We want to come to set. We want to see what you're doing. Like people that wanted to invest into us and into Mm -hmm. the film and into what we were doing. Um, And so we're very lucky with the investors that we do have. And then another thing, like I said before, was the grants. Look for grants. There's so many of them. And especially after COVID, there's a lot of money getting put into certain areas, especially coming from a regional area. There's quite a lot. And sometimes money just sits there because no one claims it. So it's, it's, you know, of course, having people like Alexi was super helpful for filling out the forms because they can be quite convoluted and very wordy, um, but yeah, find someone that's done that before you. You can always pick up the phone too, like Film Victoria, um, at p- places that do do grants for certain creative things. Always happy to talk, answer your questions, tell you what you need to do. They break it down so it's not as scary for you. Um, so yeah, I'd say if you're going for investors, get a mentor, <laughs> and if you're um, and make sure you have that that moral standing at the start. Like we wanted them to invest in us into the film and care about the arts. So um and and look for grants because yeah there's so many out there and even you might have personal friends who are like hey i see what you're doing like i'd, I'd love to you know help you or gift you something mm-hmm. or you know maybe if it's buying a certain thing or um yeah because i think money is a big excuse sometimes people-
3: yeah
1: and like it, it sounds like you could like you could say it's who you know because you've had these people that have been able to help you but even if it's who you know, you still have to do an incredible amount of work to make it happen. And you still had to do an incredible amount of work of networking to even know those people at the beginning. So hundred oh, yeah. percent.
2: And like, and I think also going into those meetings, knowing what you're talking about again, like I can't, I can't, you know, sitting there and being like, that's, I don't know the answer to that question. It's like, we had to research mm-hmm. these things. We had to know what a waterfall investment was. We had to understand what these things and percentages were. We had to understand what the outcomes would be. We, had to read heaps of contracts and you know all these things that maybe going into it we didn't realize we were going to have to do but it just makes you better because then the next project comes along and you're like oh i know what that means you're like i know what that term means yes i can answer that question mm-hmm. so it's just being a sponge basically
1: yeah it sounds stressful <laughs> yeah. like shark tank or something it, was.
2: <laughs> it took us nine months i guess if i don't know if you want numbers but at the end we.
1: yeah numbers are good
2: In nine months, we ended up getting almost half a million dollars just from five private investors. Mm. Um, And then on top of that with, you know, you get cash back from Screen Australia with tax revenue things, bits and pieces and the grants we got. So the film ended up costing over a million altogether. But yeah, we were very blessed with all the bits and pieces that come along with film and how you can add on to your, your budgets and yeah, the things that were out there. But yeah, I would just say research it. Yeah, it's a lot of work make sure you have a great lawyer, make sure you know someone who knows something about finance, bookkeepers, <laughs> all those people are there to help you. So um, especially as a creative, cause that's not our, mm. that's not our strong suit. So mm. asking for help as well and, and not trying to take it all on yourself. Like it's worth paying somebody an amount of money to look over something for you to make sure that it's done right or to make sure that you understand it.
1: Yeah. We've heard the word daunting a few times and we were also talking before about how I guess it's it's somewhat easier than we project from the outside, so Luke, was making this movie easier or harder than you thought it would be before going into it, or was it exactly what you expected?
0: I would say it I don't know like can be I, both, can't it Yeah, I think it was easier than we expected, but there was a lot more challenges, mm hmm I think going into it, we thought it was impossible and then realized, wait a minute, all you gotta do is, you know, network and find the right people and create a team. And then when you've got all of these people on board who are good at what they do, then it becomes easy. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think going into it, we were like, we, we had no idea, like, how it was going to turn out or when like, I think we went into it knowing we were going to make it, but we didn't know what we were about to learn through that process. And I, and like Aaron said, I, um, we've learned a lot from the, this first process and we still don't know a hell of a lot. Um, <laughs> you know, and going into the next project, we will have a lot more knowledge, but we'll still have no idea. Um, but bringing yeah bringing people on and and now we have a have a team we have that team that we didn't know we needed at the start which Mm. is you know all of your your lawyers and your the people who know all of the the complicated stuff so then we can just kind of flourish in what we're good at um but yeah i think i think yeah i think it was easier than we expected Mm. but yeah, I, like I don't know how to answer if you, if you thought
1: it was impossible and you've done it, then it has to have been easier. Yeah, exactly, <laughs>
0: exactly. But that's not saying it was easy, you know right, what I mean? Yeah, obviously.
1: Uh, we haven't even talked about like the writing process. So I'm really curious how that went for you. Um, you know, how did, like you, you mentioned feeling a strength in dialogue. Was it simply piecing together dialogue and then coming up with a story that connected the pieces or what was the process like for you?
0: It was more coming up with the basic story Mm. and then playing with the scenes um, and the dialogue, but also from the first draft to the final draft and then obviously the final film, it changed so many times. So, um, you know, like James and I, Definitely our our skill was writing the humour and the gags and the dialogue um, mm. with kind of, like, the heart of the film. And then um, Michael McCallum came on board and, I guess, brought a lot into the structure side of things and then the structure of the film kind of got a lot tighter once he came on board. Um, but, yeah, there was a lot of... Like, it was an enjoyable process. I think writing comedy is an enjoyable process because we did kind of sit down and there'd be either gaps in in the script or there'd be scenes that we hadn't fleshed out yet. And James and I would just kind of, like, almost just improv stuff and just have a laugh and come up with ridiculous things and then, like, tone it down or, um, you know, add a stupid gag somewhere to bring it bring it up and yeah so it was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun um writing it and i think also like i think writing a feature can sometimes be easier than a short because you do have freedom to tell a story in a hundred and whatever pages as a as opposed to a short film where it can sometimes be challenging to tell a story in 12 pages Mm. um so yeah it was a lot of fun and like a long process the script, you know the writing process is a long process and so many changes will happen
3: yeah
1: Mm. and as much as it's a very like geelong movie there's also that's kind of subtle i think but there's a a much more overt thread of like polynesian Mm. culture in this was that something that you really wanted to put on screen maybe it hasn't been on screen in ways that you you wanted it
0: yeah um i think that that stemmed from the short film. When writing the short film, I wrote the character of Ray and then I thought, oh, I need a best friend that is the complete opposite. And I thought, you know, the bigness and the loud, you know, the colourful character of a Polynesian, like Wade being such a, a vibrant, loud, big character, really helped contrast those two characters um and then going into the feature and writing the feature then gave the opportunity to kind of explore wade's family more which opened up the you know like meeting his family and and his culture and all of that kind of stuff and also james being from new zealand he brought he brought the idea of the mana mm. into the script right. um, and that whole idea of of what mana represents. Um, so yeah, we, it was like, and also at the same time, like I've always been a fan of New Zealand comedy, like Taika Watiti and, and those yeah. kind of films. I think British humour is really good and and New Zealand humour is like a whole nother, yeah, it's just a really interesting, I, I love New Zealand humour. So being able to bring a bit of both, like a bit of Australian humour and, and New Zealand humour, um. I think was made it, yeah, and bringing John back because from the short we created, you know, we, Erin and I became really good friends with John. Um,
2: But that's a funny story because we just found him on Facebook and sent him a message and said, hey, would you come to a short in Melbourne? We've never met you. And he said, okay. And he flew
0: over. (laughs) And it's like, and I think it goes back to the whole, you know, John was quite... We we didn't know how successful he was when we first contacted him, but, you know, starting out, we were kind of like, oh, we won't contact his agent. We'll just find him and contact him directly and let him read the script and decide. So, um, yeah, and then from that, you know, like we talked about a feature, John and I, and, you know, we, we kind of joked about scenarios and ideas. Um, and then to bring him back... He was yeah, he was super keen to come back um and bring the wildness of of Wade.
1: Yeah, he was great. And like speaking of performances, it must have been pretty amazing to work with Gary Sweet. I know that you've done a bit of acting before, but having someone like that as part of the movie, I, I think like I don't want to say that legitimizes it because it's obviously <clears throat> a film, you know. It's yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a film. But having someone that's such like everybody knows who this person is like that's mm-hmm. almost like people can say, "Oh, did you see the new Gary Sweet movie or something?" Yeah, and, like... and it and
0: it was like Aaron and I were always passionate about not bringing every Australian actor that you've seen mm-hmm. in every movie uh, <laughs> onto our film because we didn't want it to just be one of those films. Mm-hmm. But to be able to reach out and and even Genevieve Morris, like we wrote. We originally wrote Linda for her um, from, you know, like seeing her in a...
2: Barbara from Bankworld. Yeah, in her old skit, shows skit
0: show and- days. Um, yeah, and to be able to kind of reach out to those people and I guess approach them and say, hey, we wrote this character for you, would you like to do it? Mm. And she was like, she was keen and then... Same thing happened with Gary, um, our casting agent, kind of just put the script out there and Gary read it and really loved the character. So we were really lucky to be able to get Gary. Um,
2: well, we were blown away, because he he came into the audition and just wanted to meet us and he sat down and he was like, I want to do this. And we were like, oh, you like... And I think that speaks about the strength of the script as well, because yeah. if you can go out with a script like that and someone like Gary is like, yeah, I want to do this, we were like, cool, like, thank you. <laughs> like.
0: And it does, like you said. It does
2: legitimise it, absolutely. Yeah,
0: and like with we're working on something now and we're like at the, you know, beginning, beginning stages and it's, you know, the first thing we want to do is try to attach names because it does. Like it, once you've got someone like Gary or, you know, an actor in it that has credit, people take you a little bit more seriously then and, and it becomes a lot easier to... Mm go through the process of funding and everything but you know we we never intended i think like we, we were excited to i guess discover new talent yeah. uh, um, and we were able to do that but also have someone like gary and genevieve morrison like these actors that have been doing it for decades but are also not overused
1: the next thing i wanted to talk about was the distribution and the release of the film obviously a pandemic wasn't the ideal situation for that and probably not what you've been picturing for the last couple of years as you've been working on this but tell me about the obstacles and the ways that you've gotten around that particular hurdle and I'm guessing the film festival has been a big part of that
3: yeah.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the day that our film was completed, all the sound mix had been done, everything was ready, put together and sent to us was the week COVID was announced. So it was like what is happening
0: it was like the final hurdle that we just were like
2: because oh. i think throughout this whole process like you'd be lying if you said make your film is straightforward it's not it's just mm. a constant roller coaster like there is definitely joyous moments but there's also some really hard moments and there's moments we've really got to push through and it felt like so many times we were like we're always there oh we've got another hurdle we'll keep going we're always there we've got another hurdle we'll keep going and then we're like we've finished the film this is awesome and then covid it was just kind of funny at the end because they're like ah oh.
1: Like, this is
2: this is faith yeah. building.
1: Is there a discussion about like sitting on it because I know a lot of things yeah. have done that and, and like what was that like for you guys?
0: Well, I think we, I think being an independent film, um, you know, and not having as much riding on us as a big studio would, mm-hmm. we, we, I guess it was a lot easier for us to adapt and take a risk, um, because. Yeah, we didn't want to sit on it for, the, the hard thing was nobody knew, like everyone was in the same boat, like, you know, your mm-hmm. Universal and your Warner yeah. Brothers, they had no idea and then we had no idea, so it was like everyone had no idea, so people, like the idea of sitting of it on it came up, but I guess the hard part was we just, no one knew how long it was going to before and hey. then
2: well myth wasn't going to happen that got cancelled mm. and we were like well that was where we wanted to premiere regardless of covid that was our dream our number one mm. spot we wanted to release the film to have its australian premiere and then when they announced a couple of weeks later they were going to do online we were like oh this is good and then mm. we got contacted and they were like you got in and we were like oh my goodness like this is even better so that was huge for us. And then finding out we got into Cinefest Oz in Western Australia, which is next week, and, um, you know, being contacted by a few international film festivals as well. And, I mean, there's areas in the world where it's opening back up and cinemas are back up and running. And
0: Because, like, part of also what was difficult with the thought of sitting on it was we would then have to wait or compete with, Every other film, sure.
1: Marvel and yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, and like you know, we we we're not competing with Marvel. Like we're a completely different film,
1: but it know. would have You're been wrestling. a whole. <laughs> It's
0: pretty good. Um, yeah, it would have been a difficult. Like, who's going to go see an Australian independent film when every other you can see
2: James Bond. amazing yeah.
0: film that everyone's been waiting for for six months is now available? Um, yeah, I
1: guess people are kind of hungry for like new content right yeah and so
0: i think not waiting on it like not putting it on hold almost i think it did work out better for us because Mm. there is less films in release at the moment um like it's still obviously difficult because when we do come out of this and have a cinema release there may not be cinemas so There's also the whole, you know, we're we're figuring out what's the cinema release going to look like? What's the video on demand Mm -hmm. yeah, release going to look like, DVD release? A lot's changing, like a lot of rules. There's so many rules behind, you know, like, especially in America, like films that are eligible for Academy Awards, like they have to change all the rules now because there's films that
2: have to have a theatrical release. Yeah, you
0: have to to have a certain amount of weeks theatrically released to then get to be nominated and so it's like really complicated and it's the same with Video On Demand, there's you know, discussions about if you release on Video On Demand and DVD you still can then have a like a small cinema release because people so it's, yeah, it's constantly changing and in, but this,
2: this is why having Umbrella as our distribution company on board makes it so easy because they are the ones that have the people looking after it and, and offering us the advice yeah. and saying, hey, there's this opportunity that's popped up or what do you guys think about this yeah. or this is a way that we could go with it or, um, yeah, having open dialogue with them and knowing that that's what they do best. So, yeah. you know, right. putting it in their hands as well and that's the nice part about not having to think about it all by ourselves and distribution is so important
1: yeah is there a pressure to make back the one million dollars or is it kind of like I don't know that much about independent films if they ever make their money back but like does that put pressure on like we need to release it at cinemas we need to do this and we need to do that
2: I think the thing that takes the pressure off is knowing our investors and where they're coming from, and knowing that we don't really feel like they're at out like being like you better make our money back. It was never mm. that from the start, and yeah. I think because of our honesty as well and them understanding it. And these people have been in business for a very long time, so mm. they know going into film investment that it's probably not going to be the most viable option compared to investing in a house or property development.
3: Right.
2: <laughs> You're not going to see, you may not see the return on your investment. Mm. Um, so I think that's the thing. Going into it, knowing and having this money that we've been blessed with to be able to use to make this film, we never felt the pressure of them being like, "You have to make it back." So mm. it would be lovely if we could, but being honest and open at the start and them knowing that, stepping into it, makes the pressure much less. I mean, of course, we would lo- ultimate would love to be mm. able to give our investors their money back and say, "Thank you for believing in us. Thank you for giving us mm. a chance. Thank you for letting us do this." Um, we would love to absolutely end goal one day, but at the same time. Because we know them and have this personal relationship with them and they know where we were coming from from the start, we don't feel that crippling pressure of having to have it back and, and having to make up for it anywhere because it was, it was this idea of, you know, we're giving you this to be able to release mm. you guys to do what you need to do. Um, And also in saying that with investors, we probably emailed over a hundred people before we found the five people we needed. And there's reasons for that, that, you know, they wanted to jump on board. So I think that definitely takes Mm. a lot of pressure off our shoulders and um, them knowing full well that a film is probably one of the riskiest investments you could make.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, that's good. And I'm glad that at least you did get to have some kind of like cinematic screening like Kia mentioned Mm. that. Yeah. that was able to happen for close friends or, or people who were investors or whatever the connection yeah. was. Um, so you do at least get to sit in a room and have, have that memory if if wow. there's not distribution in theaters down the track. Right. Yeah,
2: yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Having our investors come and see it and having a little premiere for them. And i you know, Luke's mum and dad and my mum and brother and sister coming along. and I mean, it's always awkward being in a cinema with social distancing and less (laughs) than 20 people and and just being like, please laugh, please laugh
0: because
2: I guess that's the thing, like if you're in a movie that's funny and there's 150 people around you laughing,
0: you're probably more likely to
2: laugh. So When you've
0: got got 10 people in a cinema, the most laughs you can get is 10 (laughs) and it doesn't sound great, so yeah.
1: It's got to laugh extra loud, you know. Yeah.
2: It was really nice. And, and also for, I guess, our investors to see, like, we did it. Like, you trusted us. We said we were going to do this. We did it. We finished it. It's completed. Like, and we mm. have a plan for it. Um. Also, yeah, they they really enjoy being able to see it Um. in the cinema experience as well. So, yeah.
0: yeah.
1: And, and it makes sense that you want to, like, milk as much out of it as you can because you put so much work into it. But what, when's the point that you start f- focusing on what's next?
0: Well, we are now. We already are. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Which, we, you know, we we were... It's funny because the process of writing one film and finishing it is so long to then write the next thing mm. that you know when when you do release that first film, you've had time to prepare the next one. Um, but then, yeah, it
2: was like what over twelve months since mm. finishing shooting, and then it's right. back in our hands again after post production. So yeah, you have a lot of time to have it ready before the world sees it.
0: And it's exciting to, like, we learnt a lot from this first process. Um, So it's exciting to start again. Also, you know, extremely difficult to start, go back to the beginning. But, yeah, we're excited
1: uh, to keep creating. Yeah. I guess by now there's, like, mistakes that you won't make again, but you'll probably make a whole new bunch of mistakes. (laughs)
2: absolutely and i think that's the thing too is just saying that like hey we don't know the answer or hey i'm not too sure like yeah we'll educate ourselves as much as we can but just being honest and not pretending that you know everything when you mm -hmm. might not and the amount of times i've said to someone being like sorry i i will find out for you and get back to you or you know just being honest with that because i think sometimes that trips you up too because you're like oh i've got to have every single answer about every single thing and it's like actually i'm going to pass you on to this person or i've done the best i can here and i'm going to admit that i I need to, to know more but yeah you're right we'll find a whole bunch of new things we need to know
3: yeah.
1: in
2: the next process but it's exciting
1: sure. so I want to know what's been the hardest part of getting to this point whether it's something through the process of of making the movie or since it's come out like what, what's been the greatest challenge to overcome
0: I think I've learned I think I've learned a lot about myself through this
1: process just like the guy in the movie
0: Yeah. Mm, mm. <laughs> You, I think we definitely came into this with an expectation and obviously COVID and the industry and where it's at right now is not what we expected. Um, You know, when you make a film or anything, you know, you're excited to, to launch it and celebrate and, you know, see people enjoy what you've created and that's kind of been taken away from us. And at first it was difficult to deal with, but I think now we've come to a realisation that it's actually become a bit of a blessing. I think our film is, is lucky because it, it's a film that, that can translate well on, on TV and on, mm-hmm. you know, on a smaller screen and a, and a streaming service. So, um, and I think it's, it may potentially have done better because of the given circumstances. Mm -hmm. But also, like, I think we've let it do what it needs to do, yeah, and that's enough, I I think. Mm. Yeah.
2: I think, like, for me, would be learning to love change. I think that's (laughs) a really hard thing because, like, Luke and I, we can be control freaks. I mean, who isn't a control freak? But there's so many things in this process that you actually have to let go of and give to somebody else. I think giving the script over to the director and being like, okay, although we are the creative minds behind things, we're now giving it over to you and we trust you with this process. And then every step of the way you're working in teams with people and things change and even from the writing of the script mm. to doing the table reads to changing different dialogue or cutting out things that we both loved in the script and we had to be like no well because of time restraints mm. or that's huge for safety we can't do that or, all these different things and that like, oh we would have loved to have done that and when it comes to the edit cutting out scenes we would have loved to have put in there or the jokes and gags that would have worked so well but just didn't translate the same way like learning to love the change and and seeing where it is which is handing over this baby of this film to everybody and then you get it back it's completely different to how you think it's going to look at the end result and then again COVID coming on and the change with that again and it's just kind of realizing that I think we're doing the right thing because we were so passionate about the process of it and learning about change and being okay to let go of things a little bit more and not trying to have more controlled and, and knowing 110% what's going to happen and, and being okay to work alongside people and give that up, which I think is hard creatively because you've got this idea of what you want, but other people bring in their ideas and so many good ones and and allowing other people to have a say in the story too, Mm. from the costumes, to the art department, to all those different things that you you don't necessarily think of at the start. And so it actually becomes a really beautiful thing when you give it up and and the change happens. So I think learning a lot about change (laughs) and Mm. being okay with it, I think that was a big challenge. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah it's it's funny because even though it's like it's yours it's it's kind of not <laughs> like it's no, everyone that's worked on it yeah. yeah yeah so you've dropped a lot of advice throughout the interview so far which is great i, I want to know if you could just drop one nugget of wisdom to people that maybe they want to shoot their first independent film like what would that be my thing's always just do it just like do just
0: it. go out and If you're gonna say you're gonna do something, do it. Cause I think there's a lot of people that say they're gonna do something, but Mm. 10 years later, they still haven't done it.
3: There's a lot of Um, talk
0: in this industry. Especially in this industry, there's a lot of people that have ideas, but they just never get around to making it. Um, And I think fear plays a big role in that. Whereas, yeah, like it's it's easy. A lot of people say, you know, oh, you just do it. And it's sometimes not that easy. But I think when you start, like, you just got to start somewhere. Um, And and start small. Yeah, I
2: think that would be, like, the main thing, start small. Like, Ray was a short film and that happened three years ago and now we have a feature film. So it wasn't like we just jumped straight into doing a feature film. It's like you start small, do a small project, learn from it, move up to the next one. And I think being Mm. okay that it's going to take time Like we're we're okay with the fact it's probably gonna take another ten years to get to maybe where we might see ourselves and and being okay with that as well. So yeah, take your time. Yeah.
1: I mean it's pretty cool that you get to do it together as well though. Like as a as a married couple, like yeah, that's awesome. Like yeah. A lot of people probably don't wanna work alongside their partner. I mean, we had our moments. Yeah. Sometimes we don't. I'll be right. (laughs) Well, it's working. From the outside, at least. So, (laughs) so well done. It's all smoke and mirrors.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It definitely brings you together. But that would be another thing. If you're going to work with your significant other or a very close friend, make sure you're both good at very different
3: things. Mm. Luke's great
2: at script writing, really good at that side of things. I'm I'm not a writer and I know that, but I'm very good at the networking and Mm. the talking to people and getting, you know, things together that we need. So, we both have different talents and passions and abilities. So... Yeah, it's been interesting, you know, being married and engaged throughout the whole process and doing it together. But I think it's also nice to not have to come home and explain our jobs to each other as well. It's like, we just know.
1: Yeah, yeah. Does that mean mean that you just talk about the movie like nonstop for like two years though? Or do you you draw (laughs) a line? Yeah,
2: Yeah, it's very hard to draw a line. We'll get (laughs)
1: better. Well, I guess that's, the, that's where the love comes through and the, I think there's a lot of that in the movie. It's, it definitely shines through that it was made by people that had fun doing it. Mm.
2: We had a hoot.
0: We
1: had a great time.
2: Like to the point where we have a page called the the Paper Champions family and everyone feels like a family. And I think pulling everyone out of Melbourne and coming to Geelong and being here for four weeks in this little bubble, it's like, Hmm. that was such a nice offer. They call us mum and dad. And then everyone went and got staple tattoos um, (laughs) as a memento. So we're the only two who haven't got ours yet, um, even though it was my idea, but um, we will do that.
1: (laughs) It's like everyone went on a camp to join or something
2: it is it literally (laughs) is like school camp
1: (laughs) yeah awesome well the last question that I ask everybody is if you could do anything and you knew you wouldn't fail what would you do make the next film yeah
2: (laughs) make movies forever
1: yeah that's good well it looks like you're on your way so congratulations again it's a huge achievement just to even get this done let alone be such a you know success and well liked and well received so yeah you should be very happy with what you've been able to do thank you so much joe
2: thank you for having us
1: yeah thank you no worries thank you for listening and thanks to audio technica head over to facebook and instagram to give paper champions a follow that way you can see where and when exactly you can check out the movie if you haven't already yet if you want to support this show you can do so with some ratings and reviews in your podcast service of choice Head over to patreon.com slash weare8bit if you'd like to get behind the podcast and content creators that are behind the 8-Bit Collective. You can catch me on social medias at Jono himself. And until next episode, keep putting in work.